Hello and welcome back to Where's the Popcorn? My name is Freed and I'm back again with another look at IMDb's top 100 greatest films of all time, The Ultimate List. This is when I put 1 to 100 in a random number generator and then I watch the film that corresponds with the number on said list. Today we're checking out number 94. And if for some reason you haven't looked at the thumbnail or read the title, here's a quote to see if you recognize it. And if you do, you are officially my hero. Whatever our souls are made of, his and mine are the same. Thoughts? Care to take a stab? All right, well, here it is. Number 94 is none other than the 1939 black and white classic, Wuthering Heights. Do you love him, Miss Cathy? Yes, of course. Why? Why? That's a silly question, isn't it? No, not so silly. Why do you love him? Because he's handsome and pleasant to be with. And that's not enough. Because he'd be rich someday. And I'd be the finest lady in the county. Oh. And now tell me how you love him. Now, before we hop in, just a quick disclaimer that some could consider what we are about to discuss to be spoilers, so, you know, proceed with caution. I'm not going to reveal the ending, but everything until then is free game for me, so you've officially been given a heads up. I mean, I know I like to go into a movie knowing absolutely nothing, so, yeah. Anyways, moving on. All right, action. Weathering Heights, made in 1939, comes in at number 94 on IMDb's Ultimate film list. Now, it's based on an Emily Bronte novel that she wrote in 1847 under the pen name Alice Bell. And between 1920 and 2011, at least 14 film and TV adaptations have been made of this book. Directed by William Wyler, it stars Merle Oberon as Kathy, Laurence Olivier as Heathcliff, David Niven as Linton, and Hugh Williams as Hindley, a.k.a. Drunk Brother, which I personally feel was the most convincing acting in the entire film. A couple of little info nuggets about our leads before we continue. Laurence Olivier, he plays Heathcliff in this movie. I'm sure you heard his name. But at the time, he was in a relationship with Vivian Lee. They would later be married. At the time, she wanted to have the role of Kathy, which is the female lead in this flick. Now, the director thought, you know, she's good, but we wanted somebody with a little less notoriety in Hollywood. And uh, Miss Lee was a little too well known. So she was denied the role, which is probably a good thing, considering she was later cast that same year in Gone with the Wind where she won the Academy Award. Now, speaking of the female lead, have you heard those old-timey horror stories of actors and actresses having to hide their heritage or family lineage due to fear of backlash? Well, Merle Oberon is one of those people. She's half Sri Lankan. She hid that from everyone for fear of social backlash and people not thinking she's genuine or worthy of the roles that she is receiving. This movie was nominated for eight Academy Awards, but only won one of them for Best Black and White Cinematography. I guess it didn't really help the fact that Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz came out that year. So, yeah. Now, onto the film itself. It takes place in the mid-19th century in the backcountry of England, although it was filmed in California. And it's a bit of a sitting-by-a-fire-telling-the-story flashback sandwich. A vagabond orphan from Liverpool taken in out of charity. Given the moniker Heathcliff, befriends the daughter of the Wuthering Heights estate's master. Friendship evolves into love, and while Kathy's heart is with Heathcliff, her mind is focused more on maintaining or improving her station. After a spying incident leads to a dog attack that then leads to Kathy staying at the neighbor's estate for months to recover that nobody seems to know about or even ask about? I mean, she was gone for months. Anyway, she gets the taste of the good life and decides that marrying the gypsy beggar Heathcliff would quote-unquote degrade her. 
The character of Kathy is an interesting one. It's one that I would consider a seesaw character, where their outlook changes depending on the situation, and that's totally okay if it's done well, but Oberon doesn't show much of a transition when she changes her opinion. It's one straight into the other. It's, I love you, I hate you, in the same breath. In one of Kathy's I love you moments, she chases after Heathcliff into a raging storm after he overheard her shit all over him in one of her I hate you moments. Now, a fun fact, Oberon was actually hospitalized with a fever after doing so many takes of her running into a water-spurting fan used to simulate a storm. After giving chase to exhaustion, Kathy was once again taken in and nursed back to health by her hoity-toity neighbor with whom she again falls in love, but this time she marries him. I love in this scene, the first thing they do to try to recuperate her is just dump brandy down her throat. Now, I, I personally would have gone with a nice... Smoky, salty talisker, but hey, that's me. Ah, booze. What can't you do? Ah, better times. Better times. Time goes by, and Kathy appears to be happy, but wouldn't you know it, Heathcliff is back, and now he is all rich and fancy after being stateside for a spell. The new and improved Heathcliff buys Wuthering Heights estate to be close to Kathy, and even woos Kathy's sister-in-law in an attempt to elicit some jealousy. Does it work? You're going to have to watch that for yourself and see, because that is all I'm giving you. Time for you to hit play and see for yourself. Now, here's how I feel about this whole film. Now, I do like me some old-timey picture shows, and this one did deliver. However, I think knowing this was on the 100 best list beforehand did color my expectations, which, quite frankly, were not met. Their Hollywoody accent, which has been called the Mid-Atlantic accent. Have you ever listened to old actors talk and you hear these pronunciations and different accents and you can't quite put your finger on where it's from? Well, it's not from anywhere. It's just a coach decided to teach all of these actors this certain dialect that doesn't even exist outside of movies. Anyways, that made for some very static line delivery. And it, the story did make up for it, thankfully, but it was just a bit too forced. And it's really strange because both Olivier and Oberon are from England. And it, it just sounded like an American doing just a god-awful British accent. Would I put this flick on the 100 greatest of all time list? No, I wouldn't. I personally give it a 5.9 out of 10, and I can think of a handful of flicks from this time frame that I'd rather watch, uh, which could very well be on this list. I haven't memorized it or anything. I'd like to be surprised. Well, that's my time, and I thank you ever so kindly for listening to next time, where we randomly choose another flick from the list, and until then, save me a seat. to this episode proudly presented by the APNM Group, a subsidiary of Alger Productions, LLC. We strive to produce content that informs, entertains, and adds value to your day. We value your input and would be delighted to hear your thoughts in the comments about this episode. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please engage with us in the comment section or via our social media platforms. Your feedback helps us shape our content and uncover new topics that matter to our listeners. 
If this episode resonated with you, we kindly ask that you rate and review this show on your preferred podcast platform. Sharing this podcast with friends and family helps us reach more listeners and continue delivering content you enjoy. For more information about the podcast, the host, or our parent company, please visit the link in this episode's description. Also visit us on YouTube and Rumble to see and hear every content produced by Algebra Productions. Thank you once again for your time and support. Until next time, stay tuned and stay inspired. Stay inspired.